night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars! Here we go, Vegas Hockey LNA and 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. We're very much looking forward to this hour as we do each and every day. All our great guests, callers, the topic, the sport, the whole nine yards. Yeah, groveled pretty hard today. Had to do it. I mean, he was in vacation mode. Well, you know, long season, expansion draft, sitting on Malibu Beach, everybody's gone to cottage country, and then the wingnut from Vegas calls and goes, hey, want to talk hockey today? <laughs> I begged. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad he came on. Again, he's only got two months of vacation, so this is a valuable hour out of his... Uh... Um, What's a vacation? <laughs> no. What is that? I know. In a past life, he was himself. If opportunity knocks and he's not home, opportunity waits. He gave his father the talk. He is the most interesting man in hockey. The one, the only Dennis Bernstein, the fourth period.com at Dennis TFP. Thank you, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, you're right. I was on vacation. Uh, <laughs> was, was is the keyword. <laughs> I was, I was at, um, uh, Max Scherzer's debut last night at Dodger stadium and there is still a lot of hate in the hearts of Dodger fans. Um, next week, I'm going to New York to see City Field for the first time. Dodgers playing the Mets. I may get a tour of the new uh, UBS Arena as well. And then what else? Uh, I'll go to Del Mar um, the last weekend of uh, this month uh, to see the horses. So yeah, I and you're having a, and you're having a luau. Having a luau. It was supposed to be the Burnham Mass Party, but I don't think that's going to be appropriate right now. But we still are going to have a luau, an outdoor luau at Mikasa, uh, third week of uh, August. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a vacation. But when the Vegas hockey hotline beckons, <laughs> I, uh, I show up. When you go- Dummy, don't answer the phone. <laughs> when you go watch the Mets, Dennis, if Javi Baez looks like he's going to be out, hang in there. He may not be out. He may be able to get around the tag. He might, but he had the uh, platinum sombrero today, Stevie. They just lost. He struck out five times oh, in the nine inning game. He had the what? The platinum the sombrero. The platinum sombrero. Never heard five that one. Strikeouts. Wow. Yeah. All right, learn something every day. All right, my friend. What? Um, how about your backyard? Let's start with you. Yeah. The Kings. Things going on there. The Dano signing. Uh, signing. And everything you're hearing from the Kings organization as everybody bolted the cottage country, are they done? Uh, what do you think of what they did? And what's your overview there? Yeah, well, I wrote a piece for the fourth period last, uh, I guess I'd start, we came out on Monday, kind of like a, like a summer wrap-up of what they did. Um, I like the Deneau signing. 
Um, and if you look at some of the charts, they think some people think that's actually they underpaid a guy whose uh, goals above replacement is pretty good. So his advanced statistics, not, not a big-time goal scorer, but um, certainly a guy that will hopefully drive more offense on the second line, certainly give Kopitar a rest with respect to his heavy minutes defensively. You know, they always talk about Phil being a, a, a Selkie winner, and I asked if he would give Kopitar any tips when he had his media availability here, and I, <laughs> he cracked and goes, I'm, I'm playing with a Selkie winner. Maybe i got to take some tips from, from, from him. So... Um, the Edler, the Edler signing, a little curious. A depth guy. I wouldn't pay a depth guy three point five million, but the Kings don't have any cap issues, so bringing him in, he's a better, I think, version of Oli Mata, who really didn't work out well last year. Um, and they did, back to the day, they went to, and traded for Victor Arvidsson, who I assume is going to be a fixture on the second line, certainly helping their second unit power play. So, you know, the and, and this is what I wrote, BB. When the Kings came into this off season. They had a double barrel shotgun. They could have made any trade in any signing they want, including Jack Eichel. Now, what they did is they discharged one of those barrels. They are now a cap team. They're less than $3 million away from the cap. And, you know, the, if you want to be critical of those moves, the three guys that I mentioned that they added added 15 even-strength goals to the lineup for a team that was 27th-ranked in offense. So there are some question marks. Are they better in their offseason? Yeah. I think you got to look at this team if you're going to be optimistic that, and you guys know this as well, after Vegas and Edmonton, the well, division's up you just yeah. answered, well, you didn't, I want you to elaborate on it. That was exactly what I was going to ask you. Were the offseason plans swayed by the fact this is a on pa- an on-paper horrible division <laughs> and <laughs> the, uh, the opportunity exists to get your toe in the water? Yeah, I think that's that's part of it, BB. Now, now when I talked to Rob Blake about it, I, you know, management is the is a hundred. Well, it's probably two hundred and seventy degrees from what you have in Vegas, right? They are very hands off. You never see Phil on shoots. He's not actively involved or actively. You don't see him in the media talking at all. He's basically a recluse. And I asked him. I said, "Was there a mandate from management to make the postseason coming up?" And Rob kind of chuckled and said, "The mandate's from us because we haven't made it for a while. I mean, they've gone three seasons while making the postseason. I'm not sure how they're going to draw the season with a team that you know was finished 14 points out of the playoff spot. Um, so they had to improve, right? They they had to." You know, now the one thing when you look at this, BB, is that that they they didn't discharge the other barrel, the shotgun. All the prospects they have to make a big time trade going forward, they still have. So that's the one positive. But yeah, part of it is it's wide open, and I'm not buying this. You know, some people think Seattle. I saw one model. I don't know who it was. They said Seattle's gonna have 95 points. I'm like, really? I'm like, that's well, insane. Yanni, Come on. Yeah, Yanni Gord's Yanni Gord's gonna be out. Please. Like they, I mean, they, I like what they did on the blue line. They have solid goaltending now with Grubauer, but but no way. So yeah, I think it's wide open. But at some point in time, BB, when you're on a team, you can't manage it in perpetuity and not make the postseason. Like this is, I, I think this is make or break. And I, I believe that Robitaille and Blake are on the last year of their contract. They had a five-year deal when they came in port. They made the playoffs the first year with uh, Dean Lombardi's team, and they had missed the three seasons in a row. So they got to make a move this year. If not. Like making it, and I think it's ultimately makeable in the division. As how, a close, get, how close? How yeah. close are, are Burke, uh, Turcott, Byfield to be? I mean, being real contributors. Uh, they, I, I think you look at the way that you look at their arc, probably in the second half of the season, since they're both waiver uh, exempt. I, I think they both start the season um, in in Ontario with their AHL affiliate. Uh, there's just too many forwards on the team right now. They, you know, they, they they brought in you know two more in 
in uh, Danoa and Arbitson, they re-signed Athanasiu, which to me at that price was kind of high. I mean, he was making 1.2 BB. He signed three days before training camp last year. He had 10 goals and 13 assists, and they gave him $2.7 million. So I'm kind of scratching my head on a couple of these signings, like who's doing the cap work, because Jeff Solomon, the guy who did their cap work, is now with the Anaheim Ducks. So um, I, I just think at this point they're closer. Uh, I, I, they, here's what they need. They can't have any regression from guys like Kopitar, Ayafalo, Dowdy, and Brown. And they have to have some emergence. Is it, is it going to be uh, Byfield or Tarkat? I don't think in the first half of the season, maybe as they get more seasons in the AHL. You know, Byfield's still a kid. He's, what, 19 years old? Tarkat is probably a winger. And the, the one X factor here is Gabe Velarde, right? Now, you thought that going into last season, he was going to be a top six forward, a 2C. And when you sign Phil Deneau and you give him $33 million over five years and you're paying Kopitar 10, I, you know, you're looking at a guy like Velarde going to the right wing. And I, I think when, I, when he drafted, when I talked to some people, and when he got drafted, one of my, the guys I trust the most, he says, he's Tyler Toffoli. He played center in juniors, but he's a right winger. He's not a, an NHL caliber center. And when, you, when I watched him playing, granted, he's only played a season plus 10 games. He doesn't have the skills to be an all-around center. He's not good defensively, isn't great on face offs, and really, I think he lacks the pace to play in the middle um, in the NHL at this point in time. So it, there's a lot of question marks coming in, and I think the, the best way to assess this is to wait. Like I like the improvements they made. It should be a better team. I got to look at, at at the training camp, BB, and how they line up. You know, uh, with respect to Acosta, Ford, Wall, who's going to play with who, and then they'll uh, take their chances. But yeah, to answer your question. That everybody's got a legitimate shot at the three seed. I wouldn't count anybody out. I wouldn't count anybody in, including Seattle. Dennis, did they have a shot? Did you do you like what Francis did with the expansion draft and the signings that he's made afterwards? Yeah, I I, I do, Stevie. From the back end out, like uh, up until the blue line, I like it. I just don't think there's enough juice there. Even Sean Jaden Schwartz, there's not enough juice. You got to score some goals, and and this is not. Let me be very clear. This is not Vegas Golden Knights Part 2. I think it's, it's a very, very different team. I think guys got wide to this. You know, it's not one guy that got away from a team that there's any regrets about. You got, and this team basically got the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th defenseman, you know, player, except for maybe a guy like Giordano, but he's 37 years old. He hasn't tread off the tires. So I like what he did, Stevie. I, I, I will think that they're going to take it on the chin this season. You know, they start, I think, five, the first five or six on the road because the arena isn't ready yet. I want to see what they do next offseason. Because they didn't really weaponize their cap space as much as I thought they did. They didn't take any big-ticket players. So I, I think they'll struggle. I think they're a 48-, 52-point team. Let's see what they do next summer with the additional cap space. And maybe some guys break through. Maybe they don't. So at the end of the day, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at them. I said from day one, I had a funny feeling that Dunn could get flipped. And we'll see how that goes. He's going to arbitration. But I'm looking right. at it, Dennis, and this is the one difference. In year one, nobody talked about this. I kept, I did. I kept yapping about this, and yeah. honest to God, it was something. And I think the brilliance of how the team was constructed here, yeah, the players, the mm-hmm. deals, and other GMs had to take the vow and all the, all the things that we know. But what no one talked about, these guys were mercenaries. My, I'm going from memory, and I mm-hmm. think I'm right. I think it was as high as a dozen, maybe 14 of them, were UFAs or RFAs. And 
every one of those guys was playing for dough. And we know how guys play in contract years. And I'm looking at Seattle, and Chorniski's an RFA, Will Borgen's an RFA, Dunn's an RFA, and Cholowski is an RFA. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, honestly, that was, to me, you tell me if you think I'm nuts, that was a big component of what went down here. They had a chip on their shoulder, but they were all playing for dough. They were, and it was the first expansion in a long time. I think the expectations now are, I think you flip it with Seattle, people are looking at the Rocks saying, okay, they're not going to be Vegas. So I think that gives this team a break. The, The curious thing for me, BB, is when you look at their draft next year, like they didn't wheel any of these guys for draft picks. Next year, the only extra pick they have next year is in the fourth round. Which is the opposite. I mean, Vegas accumulated a lot of picks. I, th- I think that's where GMs wised up that maybe, okay, we might lose a player. We don't want to lose some futures. So I, I don't think that Vegas this is a good spot. And it's a great point that you bring up. Those guys were told, and you remember, you remember reading the stories, worst, not worst for, uh, expansion team in hockey history, maybe in sports history. And, and these guys had a chip on their skull. They were hungry. And then you saw guys got settled in. They like living in Summerlin and Red Rock in that area, and they just, you know, they're, they're now a contending team. But I agree with you. I think this is a very, very different look. And I think they just want more established players on the blue line. I think that's it's clear what Ronnie Francis is doing with this team. He wants to build from the net out. He's done it with goaltending. If, if you like Rubauer or not, he was a best in the finalist. And, and I like what they have on the blue line. I mean, I think it's representative. It's not... You know, there's no superstar on there, but I like what they did with Oleksiak. I mean, that was a that was a good signing, you know, and they have Adam Larson there. And, you know, so Gio is going to be good for one year, at least from a leadership standpoint in the room. So I don't think they'll give up a lot. I, I think that this team, when you look at their top six, they're really going to struggle to score. Some of your other big takeaways from what went down around the league. Why is Jack Eichel still in Buffalo? <laughs> okay, I mean, we were going to get to it at some point. Here, Every well, point. well, let me, here's the thing. They want him out of there, and they want whatever decisions made, they want wherever he goes, they want that team to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how much you looked into this. I, there's a bunch of podcasts. His two options are fusion surgery which gets him back, a little longer rehab, but that's mm-hmm. one of these things that it, it very much tends to be in three, four years you may need another fusion surgery, and right. it likely would right. shorten his career. The Correct. artificial disc replacement, if it works, and you know, if is the key word in this entire thing, he gets back quicker, and the failsafe is if it didn't work, they could resort back to the fusion thing. So, but it's mm-hmm. what I just don't understand is how this deal gets pulled off that anybody could, you know, a Buffalo gets what this guy's worth, but how does anybody sell the farm unless they walk up to the mic? five seconds after say yep he's having the artificial disc replacement and their doctors have seen him and and that that's the gray area of this whole doggone thing dennis there's a part of me it would say for buffalo's sake it would make sense he comes back plays looks good okay he's healthy and then the deal comes but they're not Mm -hmm. gonna let him have the surgery he wants to have and well here 
Yeah. I don't know. Here's, the, here's, the, here's my point, though. Why, why can't you find a, a, a trade partner that's Can, willing to have him to do the surgery? Like, that, that, that's the one X factor we haven't well, really talked exactly about. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I but now are the, the team is the out D, there that, wants, is, that is, will say, okay, we're going to do this. Well, that's, that's just it. Is, and, I mean, if they're, and if they're willing to let him do that, then Buffalo's got to elicit the price from them that he's worth. But I don't, I don't know how anybody steps up and makes this deal unless, you know, they've talked to him, his agents, and they're willing to have this surgery done. It, it, everybody talks about it like it's, it's an experimental thing. It's been around for 15 years. It's just yeah. MMA athletes have had it done. Hockey players have not. But, oh, by the way, yeah, I mean, certainly in an MMA fight, you can get your head knocked off. But hockey sure. specifically, you know, you got guys going 25, 30 miles an hour in opposite directions, and that, that takes a toll. <laughs> you know, you, it you, does, but, but you, you think this kid's going to risk his whole career on a surgery that, that might work? I, I think that I, I think we're. You, you think it's nothing not more than a hand of poker? I I think yeah I I think that Jack Eichel is what 24 years old he wants to continue playing he's consulted with these physicians he's consulted with the surgeon like do you think he just wants to take that big of a risk and say I'm never going to play again at this injury that, that I mean I'm sure he's got assurances I'm not sure again what the disconnect is here I don't think this guy is going to say okay I'm just willing to do this and it's just I'm taking this on a flyer I I don't think this is a flyer I think this has been well thought out. The agents have advised them that you know they, they put them with the best people, like which is what you should do with a ten million dollar year player. I don't at this point. I don't get the disconnect. And if you do disagree, find a trade partner that says, "Okay, we're willing to do that," and and we believe in what Jack and the agents are telling us. They're not intentionally going to make sure this guy doesn't play. So it's it's just really odd. They CBA. insist. Just, the one thing is yeah. his actual status is what we don't know. We don't have their medical records. Sabres aren't releasing them, but anybody's going to step up to the plate. Their doctors have to evaluate this guy, you know, however that all shakes out. But right. they prescribed the period of rest as the the rehab. Now, he's insisting, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's, he needs this surgery. Right. But you wonder, like, five minutes after they trade him, and I'm not calling anybody out saying, you know, the, you're getting lied to, but I mean, how? What is his status right now? I mean, does he absolutely cannot play unless he has surgery? Five minutes after he's traded, does he magically say, "Hey, the rest and rehab thing worked," and then Buffalo's sitting there and they got sold a bill of goods? It could be that there's risk in every deal, right, BB? I mean, but there's such dysfunction and that's and it's no, it looks like there's no line of communication. That's that's. That's difficult. I mean, and I get the I get the Sabre side of it, right? Because we talked about this. They, they can't do another Ryan O'Reilly trade. They can't walk away with Buckus on this deal. They really have to get value for this player. If they do, then then I know how much the fans are loyal in Buffalo. They're going to walk away. It's going like this guy can't run the team either, right? and that's the big question. Like this is this is as early as it is in Kevin Adams' career. This is a defining moment right now. Like no one got, is because BB. No yeah, one's talking. And there's no doubt. But no no one has talked about this as a possibility. I, I don't believe. I've not heard it or read it. Is it possible that they make okay, it is a blockbuster deal in in nature, but a significant portion of that trade is conditional. 
I, I don't know how much – I mean, the only conditions I think you can put on a trade, and I'm probably wrong here, but in, in my thinking is, is Pig, number pigs. of games played. Pigs. Yeah, yeah, but but number of games – like, but, but what condition are you taking, picking it, t- tagging it to? That he plays, uh, you know – a hundred games or eighty-five games yeah. in the first season of the deal or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, that's tricky too because you can't load it up with all these different conditions well, either, right? I mean, when you have five conditions on the deal, it's just it's, you know, I, I think at this point, BB, you, like you call up the interested teams, and you say we're trading him on the fifteenth of August. You hold your nose. You you hopefully one of the offers is legit. And you make the move because the clock. If he shows up at training camp, then what? Like, oh, no. What kind of circus is that going to be? Well, well, the other thing is anybody's going to step up to the plate, and they are going to let him have the surgery. You want it done a week ago? You know, you're right. right. I mean, the exactly. clock, the clock is ticking. Okay, you guys at the fourth period, you and Dave Pagnota, you guys are, you know, you got your ear to the grindstone pretty good here. Rangers were were knee deep, probably still very much involved. L.A. was involved. Anaheim was involved. Minnesota was involved. Vegas is always swirling around like a vulture. And I think Calgary is a sneaky component Mm -hmm. to this. What have you heard in terms of the teams that are actually swinging at this? Well, if the Rangers are swinging, it's got to include uh, Capo Caco. They're not going to trade a lot for our so I've got to think it's going to be Capo. But, but, But when they traded... Bushnevich, like to me, that was a clear signal that they weren't going to go for Jack Eichel because you would have thought that a first-line right winger who scored what oh, yeah. twenty-seven goals last year would be in that deal, like a defender. It would have, it would have been Bushnevich Biz, and the Cheadle kid, and but now yeah. now that that Bushnevich is out of there, now they they've still they've got to make the decision on Zabanajad. Yeah, well, I, I think the trade would would be like Kako and maybe Ryan Strom. That would be the other guy in play who, who, who I think according to our sources thought he was going to get dealt at some point in, in time. I, mean, I, I, don't, I think it defeats the purpose if you bring in Jack Eichel and you move Mika Zibanejad, right? Because I think that with respect to their production, and we look at their production, it, it's, it's pretty close. So what, how much – I get it. The other guy's on the contract for five years. He's 24 years old. But I like Zibanejad. I like the chemistry with the bread man. I don't think that improves the team uh, incrementally. So I don't think I, – and I agree with you on Calgary. Because they do have a guy in Sean Monahan that they can that they can wheel uh, to bring back Jack Eichel, and that will be valuable. Because Sean Monahan, even though they haven't had good seasons in Calgary, this is a legit. You know, he'd be at number one center in in, in Buffalo. So the, I think the that's other one, the, player. the other yeah. one, it's interesting. I'm, I, just because it, they've always had tentacles and lines of communication, even back when Fletcher was there, but even now with Garen, with Minnesota. You know, you, he's got Fiala going to arbitration, and they they got to figure out what they're going to do with the kid. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I could see something happening with Fiala. Prior, you know, maybe sign and trade before our arbitration with Fiala, and their prospect pool is sick. So, I, you know, they can say they're out, but you know, one phone call changes everything. Minnesota's got everything they're looking for in this deal. And, you know, how big a bite of the lemon is is Garen going to take and wince? Yeah, and I think the other thing is, is Joel Erickson-Eck in the deal because that would be an ideal number two center behind Jack Eichel. So, like, how are you going to craft that deal? But you know what? Billy Garen's taking a lot of risk. 
So it wouldn't put it past me if he took this risk as well. I like what he's done up there. And, and again, BB, you know, we talk about, like here in Los Angeles, about how long it's taken to rebuild this team and you got to build prospects. You know what? Billy Guerin went out and he finally got the guy coming over from the, from the K and Kirill Kaprizov. And look how he galvanized that team. You've watched that team play. I know they've always given Vegas trouble, but Brian, they were a boring-ass team Like every year. like they, they were good enough to make the postseason, but they weren't very dangerous. You guys in Vegas learned that they were a dangerous team last year in the playoffs. It was because of one player. He galvanized everybody. right? So to think that he can't add one more player that might fully galvanize this team, I wouldn't pass, put it past Billy Guerin. I love what he's done in, in, in Minnesota. It would be pricey. You have to bring back Kaprizov. If it costs you Kevin Fiala, I would make that trade. It, it depends how you craft it. You have to give up one of your defensemen. Does Matt Dumba have to be in the deal? Does that weaken the team for next season? But I love the track he's put this team on because he's added that one defining player. I think both you guys are right about Calgary. I expected moves there. They've got to change that culture up there. And I think the fact that they haven't really done anything yet tells you that they are still in on Eichel, uh, from my perspective. For Minnesota, Dennis, I want to ask you, what, what's going on with Kaprizov? What, what, what does he want? What does Garen want to give him? How, how come we're not done there yet? Because I think it's a question of term, uh, Stevie. I don't think he wants a long-term deal. Like He, doesn't want to, he wants like three or four years. That would, you know, because he's a 10C3 right. player. So that, what that means is he, he can only go to the KHL and, and the NHL. He played one season and team loves him, loves playing in, in North America. So I can't see him going back to the K. So I think it's more a question of term. Like, what term do you want to give this player? You want to give him three years and then he walks him to, on the fourth year. So I think that they'll get it done. There's not a lot of options. This is a guy you can't offer sheet. Right? I think that's a huge thing, unlike like Pedersen or Svetnikov in, in Carolina, this guy has two options. So he's kind of boxed in. I, I think it's just a matter of – and, it's you know, the other thing, Stevie, is that, it, like you guys mentioned at the top, it is vacation time. It is August. So at the end of August or Labor Day, Billy Garrett wants to pick up the phone and call the agent and get a deal done with Kaprizov. He can do that because this training camp's going to be in 10 days. I think what you'll see is between Labor Day – and uh, the open of camps, which are usually the second week of uh, September, I think you'll see a lot of traction with respect to contracts. I think that Kaprizov would be there. So if I'm a Minnesota fan, I'm not nervous right now because uh, there aren't a lot of options. Like there's only one other option other than the NHL. So I think it eventually gets done, but probably in September or late August as opposed to right now. All right. Give the folks in Vegas your read on this. The punch to the gut a little bit with Alex Tuck, that injury. But everybody says, are they better? I, and we say they're different. They could be better. They could be the same, you know, results-wise. They could maybe taper off. And, you know, but they're different. But how do you see, you know, Dadnoff, Patrick, uh, we'll see what the Howden kid brings, yeah. and Krebs, you would envision, probably makes the opening night roster. What would you make? Uh, of the Vegas stuff, and and specifically, is Vegas getting Florida's dad enough or Ottawa's dad enough? <laughs> I think potentially that third line could be like a sleeping job offensively. I think it depends on what Nolan Patrick is. If he's healthy, that kid was what the second overall pick. Like he could be like to to me with like, let's say Yanmark, Patrick, and Dadnoff. I, I think going in. You roll the dice and see what kind of chemistry you form. But I, I think they're as good. But, but the question is, like, are they a Final Two team? They got to the Final Four, and they lost to the Montreal Canadiens, who, if you look at the team, they aren't that good. They, they really aren't. I, maybe they could miss the postseason next year easily. 
right? So I, I, to me, it's like, okay. I agreed with everything. Wait a minute. I agreed with all of that because we sat here and said, we know their prowess or pension, not prowess, their pension for the offense drying up collectively. And it happened again. And they weren't good enough. I agree with everything you say. I don't know about how there should be an investigation if they don't make the playoffs in the Pacific. There should be an investigation if they don't win the division. I mean, I mean, they got uh, Edmonton's got a 37 year old defenseman who's had all the turn up the tires playing the second pair, right? And you know, and Duncan Keith and all help with leadership, but they should win. You know, they should win this division by lengths. Um, they should get out of the division by lengths. And then the question is, what do they do once they win two rounds out of the Pacific? What happens next? So to me, that's what it is. You've got to be all, obviously all in again. But I like the moves. I like the Nolan Patrick move. This kid can, can battle his, his injuries and the, you know, the headaches and the, the concussion stuff. I mean, I, it could be – imagine that line. Like, Okay, so I'll give it this to you. Imagine Patrick and Dadanoff when Tom comes back and he's healthy. Add him to that, those two guys. That could be – I'm not going to say it's going to be the Tampa third line of this year. I won't say that because diff, they're different type of players. I think offensively, they can get a real boost. They will be better offensively once they get to the postseason. They have a, a puncher's chance of being better offensively when they get to the postseason, which is what they need, guys. They need depth scoring in the postseason. Hello. Like it, talk that healthy – and Patrick and Danoff, they are, they are gifted offensive players. Like, can they forge chemistry at game 83? We'll see. But I, I do like the move. They're still a very dangerous team. But, like, you know, when Stevie said it, he said, hello, you've got to figure out a way to get that depth because, you know what, the good players are going to get something, and you still don't have a 1C. So you can't really – you can't think that Stone, Pacioretty, and Stevenson are going to blow it up in the, in, the, in the playoffs. Like, you need more balance on this team going into the postseason. And I think that's what the concern should be, and that's what they should need to focus on, not, not the first 82 games. It's a hockey – it's, yeah. it's a hockey one-on-one thing. You know, you look at the roster, you look at Cap Friendly. We've been talking about this ad nauseum. But Riley Smith, one year left, $5 million. You move yep. them now – Nobody's trying to. Ha- nobody wants to ha- help these guys, you know, from a salary right. cap perspective. So his value would, as a rental, I think you could probably get if he's playing well, you know, whatever, a second rounder for him at the deadline, or they can do what they did year one, kept Neil and Spiza, and go for it and hope that he wants to stay and would take a haircut. But you just look, you look at that, Dennis. I mean. I don't care yeah. what team it is. You just look at Cap Friendly and that that guy, the roster, one year left, $5 mm-hmm. million, a serviceable player. That's an asset. The teams just don't want to let assets like that walk out the door. What do you think happens with a guy like Riley Smith? I think they'll let him walk. I, I think because I, I, I think maybe if they had the opportunity to extend him, they would have extended him already. No, 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 right, there's, right? there's no and, doubt. I mean, that's right. They, they didn't so have room to. I mean, there's a replacement. Yeah, they, you could have a replacement player for this player, and and you'd want somebody in your system to come in on an entry level deal and do it, or or get somebody on a discount because you know the cap isn't really going to move much. It's going to you know it's going to go. People don't realize it's a flat cap, but it goes actually up by a million contractually each season. So next year when it's eighty three point five, because this year it's going to be eighty two. Like, I don't know. I, I think that they can win a championship without Raleigh Smith. But that's not a guy you have to – like. I, I'll, give you the, the, I'll give you the comparable. You had to bring back Alec Martinez 
Like, he gave you a facet to the game with the shot blocking and leadership and fine. Like, you should be able to find a player that could get on that line. And I know they've had incredible chemistry and they've been together for four years, but you should be able to find a replacement player for Riley Smith much easier than a guy, uh, than Alec Martinez. And I'll give you an example a guy who just signed to New Jersey. If Riley Smith was on the team, could they sign to Tar and brought him back? Maybe, right? So there, there are guys out there that could fit in well with March or so and, and Carlson and, and Purdue. So I, I think that it's a wait and see situation, but I don't, I'm not sure you can bring that player back at that price uh, once we get to next summer. I think the other thing, Dennis, that surprises me, you talked about that, you know, bottom six scoring, and we saw Tampa go out and get a, a Corey Perry. I, I don't know where, what, what Maroon's doing these days, but, and, and I'm not saying that specifically those guys are available, but a guy like that, you know, for a million, two million a year to add some scoring to that bottom six? Yeah, but I think, Stevie, what you're going to see on that is let's fast forward to the trade deadline. I think that's when you make the move because at that point in time, Kelly and George can assess like where the needs are, where the gaps are on the team. I think coming like you now we talked about this uh, coming into the season, they're a clear winner in the division unless something at bottom really falls out, which I don't I don't expect that much regression or unless you're really ravaged with injuries. I think you make that move from the ten or twelve teams that aren't like in the race that you might like if LA's not in the race. And Anthony Ciu, he signed, you know, one year, and he's unrestricted at the end of this year. Could you, could that be a player on the bottom six that could help you, depending on the season? Yeah, it could. So I think there are guys to find for your bottom six, not right now, not in the moment, but I think once we get, like I said, once we get 40 or 50 games in, we're at the trade deadline, I think there are guys that will pop up that you can add to your bottom six uh, on a cheap, with, with either they're cheap or you retain some salary, and I think that Kelly and George could get it done at that point. Dennis Bernstein, the fourth period.com. A uh, few more with our good friend who's kind enough to join us uh, with his feet up on the recliner. Listen, bud, Carolina was one of the teams, I thought Carolina and Colorado uh, were the real salty teams that were the ones that could take care of Tampa Bay if anybody could. Mm-hmm. What What's going on in Carolina? They were like that close. And now I'm looking at them going, what'd you do? <laughs> you got rid of your best offensive defenseman, but they had a lot of depth on the bloomer. I get that. Right, but I don't think the I don't think the the owner wants to swing for you know sixty million dollars for a defenseman. I think that's that was part of the issue. Um, they brought in Christopher Tanev, who I think is a nice. He's not the same player, but he's a, he's an entirely different type of player. But when you look at their top six, you know it's like um, actually I'm talking about Calgary. I made a mistake there. Um, I, I just don't think I think it's a, an affordability thing with respect to Carolina and not only that, guys. Like Svechnikov doesn't have a he doesn't have a contract right now. I, I think that kid and it happened last summer with Aho. I think he's susceptible to a, an, an offer sheet, sheet yeah. At, at this point, yeah, exactly. So it, it's basically the same team. The defense is going to a little bit bigger, but look, look here's the top six, right? A uh, top four defense: Slavin, Pesci, Shea, and Ethan Bear. And Ethan Bear's a different type of player, right? Some people don't like the trade that they made um, in Edmonton, trading Ethan Bear, who's, what, 24 years old, for Warren Fogle. Um, but that was they had excess up front. So, yeah, I think it's curious. And I think the most curious thing is now you've got Antti Ranta and Freddie Anderson in that. You going to win a championship with those two guys, guys? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, people still scratching their heads off in the Delkovich. I think there's a fatal flaw with this team. It's going to be in net. 
Um, I, I, I like another team. In the, I, I love Florida. They're my sleeper. If I had money, I would be betting on Florida. What do, you think, what do you think Reinhardt gets? Do you think he gets seven at least? Yeah, I, I think 25 goal score. Well, nah, I think at least six. I yeah. think seven's a little bit high. 25 goal score. Um, but look, I, I love what Florida's done. I think they're a sleeper. Tampa, when you look at the roster, look, Tampa's going to have to move one more player to be cap compliant. And it's going to be the Alex Kalorn or Andre Palat, who I love, who's the most, the consistently most underrated player on that roster. He's been there 10 years. People forget about him. He scored big goals in the postseason. He has great chemistry on the top line. So they're going to be weaker. Like the big teams, when you look at it, Colorado's weaker. They lost their goalie. Vegas, you can debatable that they're, they're weaker, right? Tampa's weaker, right? They lost. Tyler Johnson, they lost. So, you know, so I, I, a team like Florida, they could break through. And remember, Florida gave them a tussle, and they played without Aaron Eckblad. So, to me, that's a team that I, I love them as a sleeper. I think the press is like 22-1 to 1 to win the Cup. I think people are just – they're laying in the weeds. They, that is a very dangerous team um, that I think can really go places in the postseason next year. Dennis, all Boston does is win. And I, I like some of the moves they make here. Felino. Halla, Nosek will mm-hmm. certainly work for them. Get them in Taylor Hall. Get them a little bit more scoring, uh, top-heavy with an incredible line. It's funny, uh, you know, and okay, Olmark's there. We'll see what happens with Rask. It's just a good team that keeps winning. But, boy, I was just looking at them on Cap Friendly. It's like looking at Vegas' thing. Man, these guys are going to get old fast. This is not a yeah. young hockey team. Yeah, the window's closing fast. And, and look, they would have had a marvelous offseason. You mentioned those names. and you know, But when David Kirchy decided to go back to the Czech Republic, like that, that, that really crushed. Like you look at their depth chart right now, Charlie Cole is a second-line center. Like they're not winning a championship with Charlie Cole as a second-line center. He's a third. And now you've got Noshik at the 3C. And you've got a kid like Curtis Lazar as the 4C. That center, like Patrice Bergeron, he, just, he, he can't do it alone. So to go into next season with Hall, Coyle, and Smith, I, I got to think, and we've talked about this before at Trader.com, I got to think a, a kid like Christian Dvorak in Arizona, I know they were targeting him earlier, maybe at the trade deadline. They have to make a move for a player like that. Maybe it's not him, but another legit 2C. That was a big loss because you know, here's the problem. You never know how good a player like David Krejci is until he leaves you. And I think he's created a big hole because I love their, their offseason. I think they made a lot of really good moves, whether you like Olmark or not. But when Krejci decided to play in the Czech Republic for his last season, to me, I'm going, okay, this team, it, it, it's, it's a brutal division, and it's, it's a tough uh, conference. That's a big loss for this team. I'm not sure how they make it up short of making a trade. Another team that I think made some good moves were the Chicago Blackhawks, Dennis. And I, you mentioned Tyler Johnson from Tampa Bay. I, I felt like he got lost in the shuffle a little bit in Tampa. How do you think he performs in Chicago? Uh, he's got a new lease on life, Stevie. So, look, right now when you look at Chicago, you look at the division, I, I, think, that they're, I think they're in the wild card conversation. I mean, you look at their, you look at their blue line, they're not really sure. But remember, hopefully Taser comes back. So there's a number one center. So now you've got – Kirby Doc, Jonathan Taves, right? Tyler Johnson's probably going to play the wing because um, you got the Borgstrom kid came over from Florida, probably going to be the 3C. Um, the defense, look, they added Seth Jones, who was a star player. I know he had a bad season in Columbus, but who didn't? Ask Patrick Laine. So, I mean, there's some question marks. You look at the top four. Here's the, here's the question, Stevie. Like, Calvin DeHaan, Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, and Connor Murphy. Is that a top four? That's not a division-winning defense, right? Is it a wild-card team? 
Probably. So I, I think if you were making a bet on Chicago, yes, they're improved. Um, yes, they're going to get Jonathan Tate back. When I look at that top four defense, there's some question marks there. So I got to think they are probably a wild card team at best uh, next season. All right. Who hit the Grand Slam, free agency, the draft, all of it? Who hit the offseason Grand Slam? And what's your sombrero called? The platinum sombrero. The platinum. Yeah. And who 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 got the platinum sombrero? Baez, five strikeouts. <sighs> uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't have a Grand Slam because I just mentioned, I think the best teams got weaker. I think there's more parity in this league next year than there was this year. I think that's opened the door. You know, Tampa three-peat, that's long odds. Baby. It's so You guys know, it's like it was a massive achievement to win back-to-back. I, I can't see three, three seasons in a row. I, I just can't. So to me, I'm looking up and down at the list of teams. I don't really see it. The team that made, that did, that made strides was Philly because they recasted their blue line. But I don't think they're a cup contender. I, I think that here's the thing. I will give you the team if, if they actually ever announce their signings and probably make a trade. The Islanders, right? Because they are going to bring back Sezikis. They are going to bring back uh, Palmieri. They might, they might bring back um, uh, Travis Sejak. But that would be the team. And you could debate this till the cows come home. If they traded for a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko to put another scoring threat on there, fine. Because remember, this team played without their best forward with Anders Lee. Like if they, if the Islanders had Anders Lee, this playoff, I think they would have beat Tampa Bay. That's how good they were. So to me, if they bring those guys, those chemistry, those glue guys back that we mentioned, and make a big trade for another scorer in Tarasenko, I, I, to me. That would be the team. So I think it's still TBD with respect to who had the best offseason because I, when I look at it, I don't think anybody went over the top with respect to really improving their team. And I think the best teams got a little bit worse. How many games do your Rams win? Well, I didn't like the Cam Akers injury. That was brutal. So I'll that's, say that's um, sad. Actually. That was tough. Uh, I would say I think they. I, I think eleven. I think that I loved. Um, I love Matthew Stafford. He, he hit his, his thumb on a helmet, and they put, they put soft coverings on all the helmets the next day. Um, I just like uh, their, their offense is going to be, even without Akers, you look at, you know, bringing in the wide receivers. They brought in Deshaun Jackson, the Atwell kid from uh, Louisville is explosive. I think they're going to be a fun what, team what's to watch. The, the kid's name from Florida, second year, is it Jefferson? Yeah, Van Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, no, he could he could take a step forward. Uh, Chuck and, Esposito and, at Stations put up 28-and-a-half touchdown passes for Stafford. I think he blows through that. Yeah, I, I think do too. It, I think he's been, and he's got Woods and he's got Cup. They're both healthy. He's going to have a he's going to have a lot of fun, and they're going to gear to, towards it. So I, I think that yeah, I, I like this team a lot. I think they can win the division. I, I'm not buying the 49ers because I'm not sure about the quarterback. I never liked the quarterback, but um, I'm excited about the season. I'll be actually be able to go to a game at SoFi in a couple of weeks when they play, or in a month when they play. Uh, they open against Chicago, but tough schedule. I think they win 11 games, win the division. I think they're a threat to win it all. So you're headed for Queens. Where else are you going? Are you, is it just a, a Mets uh, game that you're taking in, or are you going to go to a couple of different ballparks? No, we're going to just go to City Field. I've never been to so – and the Dodgers, and, and you know, the PJ, my wife, is a big Dodger fan, so I'm taking her to uh, – uh, to City for two games. We might get a tour of UBS Arena, but then just back home. Um, so it'll be like a four, three, four-day trip. Enjoy the trip. All right, but when you we'll when you're swinging our way again. Oh well. Oh, maybe Labor Day weekend. Yeah, there you uh, go. Actually, that's yeah. We're actually gonna actually. You know, there's one more trip. We, we're gonna go 
She loved the Dodgers. We're going to go to uh, San Francisco uh, Friday and Saturday of Labor Day weekend um, to see Dodgers and Giants. It was going to be big games. And then I think we're getting on a plane and coming straight to Vegas. So probably Labor Day weekend we'll be in town. All Try right. the garlic fries. Excellent. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar. And <laughs> <laughs> a boy. Dennis Bernstein, thefourthperiod.com. Uh, guys doing incredible work. Kick your feet up, buddy. Thank you for, you know, answering the grovel. <laughs> Take two weeks off before calling me again, but thanks for the <laughs> We love you, bud. You're the best. <laughs> thanks, Thank you, Dennis. Dennis Bernstein at Dennis TFP on Twitter. You sit here and talk hockey with this guy all day long. No, it's fine. I, I was surprised. And it's, it's fun to get, you know, to do the reboot and the refresh and go, go around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, anything can happen, but I was surprised that he said, you know, maybe the Knights missed the playoffs. I, I just, in that uh, division, nah, can't see that. They'd have to fall off the face of the earth. Well, you're not handed anything. No, I understand that, but, but I, I just, I mean, this this team's going to be a very good hockey team. Sure, absolutely. But that's the the standard they're being held to around here in year five is crazy. And it's been crazy. Yeah, I, I get it. I just there's some weak teams in here, and the Knights are not weak. I, I don't see them not making. Them Follow up. him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Thanks to Dennis Bernstein. He's our pal. Hey, TC Ballpark. The boys are coming up next. Have a great day, folks. <laughs> 